Welcome to the ESG Matters Podcast. My name is Amat Gomis, and I'm your host. Today, we have Francois Rodigari, Director of Corporate Sustainability and Innovation at San Jose Water. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. My pleasure to be here. Before we get started, can you give a bit of background on yourself and your work at San Jose Water? Sure. So my education, uh, I'm an environmental scientist, and I have worked in uh, consulting environmental consulting, the uh, environmental laboratory world for several years. And, and then I became director of water quality and environmental compliance for San Jose Water. And my role has, uh, I've moved on to a new role as director of corporate sustainability and innovation for San Jose Water. Great. Thank you so much for that introduction. You know, when we think about water and rather their pursuit of access to quality water, in the developed world, that's kind of, we thought of that as kind of a relic of the past, but we're seeing throughout the U.S. and other developed countries that is not the case. What is the biggest point of failure in providing quality water to citizens and businesses? Well, I, I don't know if one can generalize across the industry or, or, or the United States, but certainly there are challenges. These are typically local challenges, either related to natural contamination or man-made contamination and supply. So every community water system has to look at their particular situation and address any one of those issues. And even having addressed some of those issues today, we know by experience that uh, things change. And so it is a constant endeavor that one has to do as part of being a water supplier is to adapt to changes in supply or changes in regulation and uh, regulations and, and contaminants. A perfect example of that is San Jose Water uses groundwater as part of our supply. It, it provides about uh, 40% of the water we serve our customers. Uh, we take it from deep wells in the Santa Clara Valley Aquifer. And those wells have historically been uh, sheltered from con contaminants that, that were man-made man or natural contaminants for that matter. And, you know, we are the capital of Silicon Valley and, and there has been manufacturing here during World War II and after that by the semiconductor industry. But most of the contaminants released during those times didn't uh, reach the groundwater table. And just very recently, through new awareness and technological changes that have allowed us to measure contaminants at a much lower level, we have discovered that PFAS, or the forever chemicals, actually have reached the aquifer for some of our wells. And so it is something that we have to address and are working towards addressing. So there is really uh, never a status quo or a steady state. One has to look at those things uh, very carefully and continuously address changing environment. When you talk about changing environment, I think about ESG uh, regulations in the U.S. or the lack thereof. Sitting where you're sitting, you're sort of at the crux of both providing a good that is so critical to businesses, to people, to livelihoods, but then you're also being challenged to do something, to do it in a more sustainable way and to look at the impacts on that San Jose water has on the local community and to the world writ large. And I was wondering, I've had this conversation with other ESG professionals where there's a dearth of 
ESG-specific regulations. If you could design regulations that would improve either water quality delivery and use, what would that kind of look like? Would it would that be something that you're seeing sort of percolate through local or legislative actions or is something that you think that people are missing this opportunity? So I'm curious to hear what your thoughts on that. No, thank you for the question. I kind of tend to look at public health protection and drinking water regulation somewhat as a separate and parallel uh, subset to ESG. And I can talk about this a little more, but if we want to focus on uh, public health protection and the role of EPA and in California, the drinking water division, that is uh, something that has been in place well before people even uh, talked about ESG. So public health protection is a very well-established concept in the public drinking water industry in the United States and has had some tremendous uh, success, right? I think if we look at, generally speaking, we we don't read about, uh, typically, about people getting waterborne diseases. Those are pretty much, with a few exceptions, where there has been failure, a thing of the past. So I think we need to think about those achievements. Most of us turn on the tap and drink the water, and by far, it is safe and reliable. So having said that, there is a, an excellent book I, I recently read, and I, I'm just going to uh, give a little plug for it if it's okay. It's called Troubled Water by Seth Siegel. And he talks about uh, your question very well. And, and essentially, it can be summed up in two ways. Uh, the regulations in the United States have tended to be reactive. And what I mean by that is eventually either one discovers a contaminant in the water that we didn't know was there because it wasn't uh, tested or measured or the technology for testing it and measuring it wasn't there. And then it is discovered that it does have health impacts and then regulations are put in place to put a limit, a maximum uh, contaminant uh, level limit on that contaminant. And then the water industry has to react and uh, stop serving water that exceeds those limits, typically through treatment or finding other sources. So it is a reactive process. And I think that is uh, something that probably could be rethought and the regulatory process could encompass looking at chemicals that are manufactured and uh, are likely to be released to the environment. And, And we know typically which chemicals would be candidate for release to the environment. And one would have to demonstrate their safety before being able to produce and sell them. That is an approach that is taken by the European community and it's a more proactive approach. And I think that could be significant change that that could be done from a regulatory point of view in the United States. But that would require new legislation by Congress and new implementation uh, through EPA and states that implement those regulations. So that would be a fundamental change. And I think the reality is that is not moving very quickly through. And, and as you can imagine, it's not something that can easily be changed. The other issue in terms of regulation is in the United States, we have literally thousands of water systems. Many of them are small water systems. And and there's nothing wrong with having a small water system. 
The issue is when there is a treatment involved or complex operation related to serving that water because of circumstances or supply. Small operators are, are typically not well equipped to install and treatment, build the facilities, uh, manage them and operate them. And they don't necessarily have the ability to hire a technical person on a full-time basis just because it's a small system. So consolidation of some of those systems, I think, would be a benefit where a larger company uh, can operate many water systems and share that technical expertise and, and, and making sure that folks receiving water from a smaller system get the same benefit, the technology that is available and the efficiency and scale and costs and so forth. So that is a process that is actually underway in California. The uh, State Water uh, Resources Control Board and, and Division of Drinking Water encourage larger utilities to take on smaller utilities. Again, it's a slow process. There are issues associated with that. Many of the smaller systems require investment. And then the question is, who is going to pay for that? So those are kind of really the primary two issues that I think could be implemented to provide a better, more reliable water at an affordable cost for everyone, no matter where they live. Well, thank you for that. And then sort of pivoting to San Jose Water specifically, what are you generally the proudest that you've been able to accomplish at, while you've been there? Well, in terms of water quality, I've been very fortunate. We have a company that is forward-looking and management that has allowed us to really actively, proactively pursue improvements in, in water quality. So while the large majority of all water utilities meet regulations, meeting regulations is, is just essentially staying in business, in my opinion. There is more that can be done. And it's whether or not a water company takes regulation to the letter or applies the regulation to the letter or applies the uh, spirit of regulations. Regulations are fairly coarse. They can't think about, they, they can't address every unique circumstances out there. So I think we at San Jose Water have been able to really look at the spirit and actively pursue that. So we have been able to improve the disinfection uh, levels in our systems, uh, reduce contaminants related to disinfection, protect the environment through our discharges. All water utilities have discharges when they have a main break or they clean a tank or purge a well. How those are handled, and whether or not the water is recycled, uh, all of those things are optional to a large extent. And we have been able to put uh, together some programs that have been uh, leading the nation. We have, for instance, I think we've purchased and installed the second flushing truck in the nation that allows us to essentially flush the water in our pipes. Pipes, like anything else, require periodic cleaning and flushing. The traditional way of dealing with that is to open a fire hydrant and to let the water run until it runs clear. There's several issues with that, depending where you are, where does the water go? It's still chlorinated. Is it going to go into receiving water where there is fish sensitive to chlorine? So truck uh, solves all of those issues. We just uh, take the water through filters with very small pores, one micron and the water comes out very clean and we can add chlorine and put it back into the system. So that has the advantage we conserve the water and we have really minimum impact 
uh, on environment and we clean our pipe in the process. So some of the things that we have been doing on being able to do at the water quality level, but beyond that, we have, and, and you mentioned ESG regulation, and, and it's true, there are no ESG regulations, uh, although the SEC, for instance, is thinking, uh, well, is drafting regulation related to ESG reporting, and, and that would certainly impact investor-owned utilities, uh, not necessarily publicly-owned utilities. But I, I think without waiting for regulations, there are organizations uh, such as the Global Reporting Initiative that have a process and a framework for how to implement sustainability within a company and how to report on that. So, you know, if you start with the concept of sustainability, which is really quite simple, is can you, are you serving the needs of your stakeholders today and the stakeholders being defined as your customer, your communities you serve, your employees, the shareholders, are you ser serving them in a way that would allow you to provide them with the same level of service tomorrow? And so I think uh, you have to be able to answer that question in the affirmative. We are a company that is over 150 year old. And of course, it is our intention to be in business for another 150 years and beyond. The only way that can happen though, is that if you do it in a way that you don't mortgage your future. And so if you just take these basic principles and you start looking at the operations of your company and you, and you look how you can reduce your cost, reduce your impact of the operation, uh, using less uh, fuel to decrease your greenhouse gases emission and if you can do it in a way that actually even saves money and it is very possible to do so then you can uh, make progress and if you can uh, really have that process of evaluating operation through a lens of sustainability and you can develop a culture around that then i think that's how you your company becomes uh, sustainable. And that's how your ESG program then is meaningful and really benefits uh, all the stakeholders. I couldn't agree more. And to wrap things up, I have one last question. When you think about the future of water in the U.S. and at San Jose Water, what keeps you up at night? Well, I think it's the challenge of solving the issues we have. Clearly, in California, we we are the midst of a historic drought. And I think we need to acknowledge that and realize that it is probably a long-term issue. Even if we have a good wet year here and there, and that's not a reason to forget about the fact that we don't know what the future holds. So I think one has to think strategically about water supplies. Where does our water come from? I mean. There's only so many dams you can build. So is, are there alternate supplies such as desalination? And can desalination be done in a way that is sustainable? It doesn't degrade the environment and provides a reliable economical uh, source of water. So I think that's a challenge, requires quite a bit of work. And conservation, uh, what do we do with our water? The large majority of all of the water we produce to the last drop is designed for drinking. The fact is only a very small fraction of what we produce 
is drank. So we need to think about maybe using less water for the other uses. So to really conserve a precious resource. And so, you know, involving the community, looking at treatment options for some of the contaminants we're dealing with, uh, funding those and really moving forward and assuring that the water supply that a community needs to thrive and, and to grow is there. And so that is a challenge we have and we need to leverage innovation and our culture to really meet those challenges. Well, thank you so much, Francois, for your time. Thank you for being a guest on the ESG Matters podcast, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Well, thank you for having me. 